there. Welcome to Beauties and Banter, a lifestyle podcast where we are relevant, witty, and opinionated. Okay, y'all, the banter is brewing. It's time to sip some tea, so let's get into it. Is um, Did you hear about this, that the judge sides with 50 Cent in revenge porn, revenge porn case against Tierra Marie? Oh, Jesus. And so now she's got to pay up $30,000. Listen, y'all stay doing something to keep 50 cents <laughs> going crazy on social media. Yes, Tierra Marie sit all the way down. 50 cents. That's funny to me. Yeah, so and he so app- just to give y'all a little backstory about that one. Right. Is her boy her boyfriend that she was dating at the time, Akbar, um, is friends with 50 Cent. So she and Akbar made this sex tape. And Akbar uh, allegedly got into her Instagram account and posted it to there. But he said that somebody stole the tape, his computer, and somebody hacked it and put it on there. It wasn't him. Um, So how 50 got involved is because 50, she was claiming that uh, 50 also had something to do with this video and getting it posted. Mm -hmm. And that he was a part of this whole thing. So that's how she got it. He got involved with it. So then she went to sue him and he went to counter sue her. So now that's what that comes from. And so now she had to pay up the 30000 Because he countersued for his lawyer fees. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I have to go through this with you and I want to make you pay, which was hilarious to me. A hundred, the lawyer fees were 161660 um, and 15 cents. Why didn't she sue Akbar? Because she couldn't, because she was still messing with Akbar. Cause See. I was, I watched the show. Uh, not that I'm proud to say that, but I'm a reality TV junkie. Don't judge me. <laughs> but anywho, I watched the show and she was still messing with him when all of this was going around. And so her lawyer, uh, was telling her, you got to stay away from him. But then he started posting videos of them hooking up and hanging out like uh, them being together, laughing and talking and giggling and going out on dates and stuff. And he was posting it on his IG. So how can you sue somebody when you still hanging out with them? Right. So she directed her energy towards the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And, now and now she's, she's got to pay. She's gotta pay and she's a laughing stock again. She keeps taking L's. Oh, child. <laughs> she keep taking L's. These reality stars, speaking of which, just got this one. Um, Black China and Alexis Sky are fighting. So Black China, they were in a club together. They're in, um, Alexis is in her little area. Black China's in her area. Black China's like, come over, hang out with me. And then they're hanging out. They're talking. They're laughing. Black China throws a drink on Alexis. Alexis tries to beat her down. Black China starts to run. So now they're on social media like Nikki and Cardi B was going back. Well, Black China's not going back and forth. Alexis is, is saying all the talking, all the trash. So she did this Instagram IG live thing. Because, huh? because she wouldn't come meet her in the club? Yes. Yeah, so she's like, I'm waiting for you outside. I'm going to put these hands on you and wait, I'm going to Blah, 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 blah. Slow, wait, wait. Slow down. Black China. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. 
Black China wanted her to come over and Alexis Sky didn't. And so now you putting hands on her or? No, Black China wanted her to come over. She did. They had drinks. They were laughing and kicking it. And out of nowhere, Black China throws a drink on Alexis Sky. What? And so then Alexis Sky, that's what Alexis said. I, I listened to it myself on Instagram. Alexis got mad and wanted to beat, was trying to beat China down, but China started running. Wow. So now Alexis was on IG Live last night, and, you know, the shade room got it all captured. And hmm. she was like, I'm waiting for you outside. You need to come on, you big crack, such and such. I know you smoke crack. Ooh. I know you do Molly. And you crazy, how you just gonna throw a drink in my face when we were like hanging out at first and having fun? She was like, I don't know where that came from, and this, that, that, and the other. So then she'd get off and then she'd come back on. I'm still waiting for you, I ain't going nowhere. And she was adding her, like, at Black China. And Black China ain't said two words. Like Nikki, she took a picture of her and her outfit that night and posted it. So she is clearly unbothered while Alexis Sky is still upset. I don't care about either one of them. People need to quit making them relevant. It don't even make sense. Like, who are they? It's the ghettoness of it all. I mean, come on, America. Yeah, no comment. I have not entertained the shade room this morning, so I did not see that. And I probably would see that and scroll right past it because I don't understand. I understand how Black China rose to fame. I don't understand this Alexis Sky person. Yeah, I just wanted to see what was. I was like, was she a stripper too? Was Alexis Sky a former stripper yes, too? Yes, she used to be, yes. And now she's on Love and Hip Hop. Well, I know she has a baby by Fatty Wap, but I didn't even understand how she was. She was on Love and Hip Hop before she got pregnant by him. So what was what made her? Was it like a same thing, like a Cardi B thing? Maybe like she was a stripper that just got famous on social media and then they put her on the show. I, I think, yeah. And she was also trying to go forward with having like this uh Rap, I don't know if it's a rap career or singing. I don't know what she does, but right. she either raps or sings. Now she's on Fetty's label. Okay. Um, that's what they're showing this season. And she's on his label and she got signed to the label. And now she's trying to get an album out or demo out or whatever. She's trying to get something out. And so that that is what she was on there for initially. But then they also had Masika, which is Fetty's other baby's mama. Another one I don't understand. There. So that was the two of them that were fighting at the time. But Masika's no longer on there. Um, but yeah, that's when they had the her on there. And I think it was the reason why they had it on there. Because Alexis used to date Fetty. And then Masika had a baby with him while they were dating. Again, so why was Masika? Why was Masika famous, or VH1 famous she, rather? She was she was VH1 famous for also having trying to start a career too. I don't know if it was singing or if it was whatever. But now she's got like a whole hair care line for kids. Um, I think and adults too. She's got her Kari Barbie beauty line, which is a makeup line. She's got and let me guess um, so a hairline. Yeah, they all got hairlines, beauty lines, or boutiques. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to add that in there because that was the latest Ooh. that I saw. We got to add in a little. We got to add in a little ratchet every now and then. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, the Kevin Hart example, I think is another example of, you know, someone being punished for comments made in their past that are now being brought up in the present. People love digging up stuff and it forced him to step down from the Oscar. So we talked about this a little bit, um, last week on the hot topics, but Kevin Hart was set to host the Oscars. He spoke about how this was a lifetime dream of his that all the work that he had done he felt like was leading up into this point he was excited about it tweets that he made in 2009 um, that were deemed homophobic and anti-gay were drug up and the oscars asked him once those comments were drug up and started going viral on social media again to apologize and he did not want to because kevin hart had already previously a few years back addressed that apologize for it you knew that before you booked me for the oscars i'm not doing it again just because everyone wants to be sensitive and to be politically correct again and so i'm gonna play this clip of kevin hart um stating you know what he will not be doing that call basically said kevin apologize for your tweets of old or we're gonna have to move on to find another host. Talking about the tweets from 2009-2010. I chose to pass. I passed on the apology. The reason why I passed is because I've addressed this several times. This is not the first time this has come up. I've addressed it. I've spoken on it. I've said where the rights and wrongs were. I've said who I am now versus who I was then. I've done it. I've done it. I'm not going to continue to go back and, and tap into the days of old when I moved on and I'm in a completely different space in my life. The same energy that went into finding those old tweets could be the same energy put into finding the response to the questions that have been asked years after years after years. We feed in the internet trolls and we reward them. I'm not going to do it, man. I'm going to be me. I'm going to stay on my ground. Regardless, Academy, I'm thankful and appreciative of the opportunity. If it goes away, no harm, no foul. So I just... uh, he said what he said. <laughs> like that he said that too I like that he took a stand and he's like I'm not gonna apologize for something that I've already apologized for like let Mm -hmm. it go yeah seriously yeah and basically now the academy does not have a host and for the first time in 30 years it will go hostless there are celebrities now talking of not attending they are saying the ratings will probably be the lowest ever advertisers will potentially pull out so that's this thing. People want to determine what's right and what's wrong and want people to apologize, condemn, denounce, to please them. But they don't think about the impact that that has. So what? Tamika decides to step down now. Do you know the impact that the Women's March has had, not just on this nation, but all over the world? And how losing a voice like that would um, hurt you know, the organization as well as impact millions of women? And now that Kevin Hart was forced into a box and he refused to give in, like Tamika refuses to give in, the Oscars now could potentially lose money. And so these internet trolls, you know, don't don't see that. 
And I don't want to just make it about the internet trolls because I recognize that with the Tamika situation, there are people of the Jewish community hurt by that. With uh, Kevin's, there are people of the LBGTQ. <laughs> I think I said it right. Hurt by yeah. that. Um, and so both of those people have had conversations with those communities to make it better. Kevin Hart went on the Ellen show as a display to, you know, reiterate that he's not anti-gay. Tamika has tried to do the same. And it's just like, that's still not good enough for some people. You know, the crazy thing to me is, is that Kevin, when he did this, he did it at a young age, like he said. Mm-hmm. So he's grown from this. So he has a different, and when you grow, sometimes you change your mind. Um, and what he said at the time, he talked about his personal experience right. and what he and where he was and what he said. If his son was to come home and say that he was gay, he would have a problem with it. That's how he would deal with it. It has nothing to do with how he treats people outside um, of, of his family. But he's just saying that he would have a difficult time. This is how he would react. And I think he's in my belief, the way that I heard it and. You know, it's, diff- it's different for me to say that I will be offended by it because I'm not LGBTQ community, but I do support them, so I can't empathize. I just can't relate. Right. But it seems like what he was saying is he was saying that I would have a problem if my son came home to say this, and this is how it was re- would react, and he made it into being a funny situation to mm-hmm. get a laugh out of it. Um, and like I said, he has since apologized and he has since grown. Let it go, people. And also do your research. Yes. If you would have done your research, you would have found out why he said it, how he said it, and what the meaning was behind it. And that the fact that he apologized. Like he said, the same energy you put towards digging it up and bringing it up like it happened yesterday, put that same energy towards, you know, the comments that I made after that and the apologies, etc. Yes. Yes. And I love, too, that he took it a step further and he talked about, I, I don't want to be an ally for the community. Like, I'm not interested in taking this banner and now being like, you know, an ally. And I think that's fair, too. Right. Like you can respect, you know, people of a certain community and demographic without, you know, taking on the banner of it. You know, I have friends who can support um you know, the African-American community and all the efforts of Black Lives Matter without joining the organization. Like, you know, just because you don't march and just because you don't hashtag Black Lives Matter does not mean that you aren't uh, caring about the police brutality that is happening to young Black men. And so that's what I think Kevin Hart is saying. Like, I'm not going to take this apologize, do all this extra stuff, go speak at the GLAAD Awards, try to partner up with somebody from the community because I'm not interested in being, you know, this spokesperson. I'm good. I, I apologize. I respect it. And and that's it, right? But, you know, there are some people who like, well, you can make this better if you do this with, you know, a person of the community and do that and partner here. And he's like, yeah, no. And, and like, why do we, why can't people respect that and still see that as that does not mean he hates this group of people, you know? I'm like uh, Blue Ivy when she was sitting with her mom and dad and, at the Grammys and they kept clapping for her. <laughs> she was like, come on, like, settle down, take it down. Yeah. Like, we'll beat all that. That's right. how I feel. Like, I feel like that. Let's take it down. We're at a 10. 
let's bring this on down to about a seven or eight. Yeah, I feel like America needs to collectively take a deep breath and downward dog. <laughs> like, Relax, relate, release. Let's do a collective yoga session as a nation. (laughs) Right, exactly. Let's do the yoga challenge. Right. So somebody who is interested in never being politically correct is your girl, Cardi B. Yes. I totally love and I like when celebrities are using their platforms to be politically charged and incorrect. (laughs) Um, And Cardi B is the leader of that at this point. She gets the winning award uh, because recently she talked about the government shutdown and how people need to be more aware of how the president um, has ordered federal workers to go back to work without getting paid. Not I said, Renee. Okay. If I'm a federal worker, you gonna pay me. Pay me my money. Cut the check. Exactly. <laughs> so she was like, he's doing this all for a wall. Now she didn't say it like that, so I'm definitely paraphrasing because we know that Cardi, while I may not agree with how she said it, with some choice words here and there, um, I do agree with what she said and, and that she stood her ground and just trying to educate. She said it in a way that her followers can accept. Right. And, and say, oh, I get it. Like, okay, this makes sense to me. I need to make some different decisions or I need to be more involved or maybe I need to learn more about politics. Exactly. And you're right. Like, she's like, I said what I said, you know, and she did. She did. She broke it down to her followers. Like, listen, people not getting their Medicaid. They not getting a um, Section 8. They're not getting their WIC. So she's like, that mean your grandmama can't get her high blood pressure pills. That mean you can't go get your hoo-ha checked out, you know, like, so like this is what's happening. And it was like, you know, wake up. And I think it's great when a celebrity can connect with their followers in a way to where you can like talk trash and talk about twerking. I think she has some twerking video come out last week or something, but she can also talk politics so that like you all need to become more aware of what's happening. And that can be impactful in galvanizing um, a community you know, just like all of the celebrities who use their influence behind the Centoya Brown case that we talked about last week. Um, the, no matter how she says it right or wrong, you, she can be impactful in bringing people together. Taylor Swift, she was very impactful um, in getting uh, millennials to register to vote um, last year, you know, by her coming out and supporting the vote campaign. And what, what I love the most, too, is when Cardi did this, is that it went viral. It mm-hmm. got back to some of the um, senators, and they tweeted it. Well, they wanted to tweet it. They wanted to tweet out the video, but they went back and forth and saying, I really love what Cardi was saying in this video, but <laughs> I don't want to tweet it out because of the language that's involved in it. See? But another senator jumps in and says, I feel the same way. I'll do it if you do it. And then he comes back and says, mm, I don't know. Let me think about it. Don't hold your breath. And so the other guy, then some other guy comes in and says, I'm still holding my breath. What y'all going to do now? See, that is to bring awareness. They brought awareness to what's going on. She talked about how she felt in her words Mm -hmm. that brought awareness to everybody. That video has gone viral. But see, that's another example of political correctness because those senators are afraid to retweet it. 
because then they have to turn around and denounce or condemn her because everybody would be like, well, that one time when she said this about that, do you support, you know? So, and it, we shouldn't be that way. Like, why are we that scared to, um, you know, share our views, you know, share what we agree on with other people? Like, we should be able to do that and still, like, get along and be peaceful. Okay. I couldn't get it out. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to work on it. Sometimes I can get it. Sometimes I can't. <laughs> I can never get it. So you do it way better than me. Um, and I want to talk a little bit, too, about this, what I call the dragging culture, right? Um, so this idea of uh, Kevin Hart, for example, says this. And now everyone who was impacted by those negative remarks, so in this case, it would be the LGBTQ community, is like, we gonna drag him. You know, it's very similar to, speaking about my own girl Beyonce and my own group, the Beehive, hey y'all, y'all, y'all crazy. It's just like when they left out, they leave bees under, you know, people's comments um, if they say something bad. And so... I want to talk a little bit about this dragon culture because I think it's dangerous. So like two examples I can think of is speaking of Beyonce. So there's a um, popular like blogger called Funky Dineva. And she was, you know, uh, does this show. I'm not sure how many people are familiar with it, but it's called the Queen's Court, Queen's Supreme Court. Um, but this girl named Kaya used to host it with another lady named T.S. Madison. Anyway, Google it. But it's like a live um, a live online show. Funky Dineva is a character, right? The actual guy is a guy named Quentin Latham, but he puts on a wig, puts on makeup, and he becomes this character, Funky Dineva. And he started kind of just doing reviews of like Housewives loving hip-hop, but he takes on this whole other character. And that character is very politically incorrect and on one of these shows where he was on this queen supreme court he said that blue ivy was ugly and everybody came for for him and he had to issue an apology video and he did say that when he looked at it he as the man quentin latham he was like i was wrong to talk about a child even though i was in character but he was definitely pressured into that right And then I think about Barbecue Becky. Like, we all remember Barbecue Becky, the lady who called the cops on the black folks just trying to enjoy their barbecue because she said they was using charcoal, right? What I remember about that, I remember watching it and laughing and being like, this heifer, right? But there were people who went and found her place of work and it was like, call her office, let's get her fired. So, again... Why do we dedicate our time and resources to dragging people to the point of ruining their lives? So I will give this other example, too. So I have a friend who gives out. Let me say this real quick. Oh, yeah. Jump in. Let me say this real quick. In all fairness, some people do need to get dragged. I mean, because some of the things that they say and do are just a little bit too out of pocket. So sometimes that does need to happen and they do need to lose their jobs because you know, it's just crazy. 45 should have lost his job and should have never been where he is now, but that's a whole nother issue and a whole nother podcast that we'll never talk about because we're not going to give him the energy. Right. All right, go on. <laughs> Listen, you can drag somebody, but to me, when it comes to ruining their life 
or getting them out you know I mean come on yes it was rude what she did calling the uh cops on those people but should she lose her job for that no and I don't think of it from the employer standpoint too the employer starts to say well do I want to be associated with all of this mess sure so maybe she was a good employee but because of the now backlash that's on her they're pressured into doing something that they didn't have intentions on doing. Exactly. And and if her employer decides that, baby girl, you bad press, we are going to let you go. That's up to them, right? But I see people forcing that. Like, this is who she works for. Here's this, this, and this, right? Um, mm-hmm. Before, it was like, before we even realized who she was, somebody dug up her information and then they plastered it all on social media. Because she, she was a professor at Stanford University. Here's her, you know, department number, call them. And I'm like, whoa, like this person did not commit a crime at the end of the day. Right. Like Funky Dineva calling Blue Ivy ugly was wrong as hell. Right. But I think when we drag people to the point to where we start threatening their life or threatening their livelihood, that to me is another case of just being way too sensitive. This podcast is sponsored by Lola, a female-founded company that has taken a modern approach to feminine care. Known for offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners, Lola now offers sex products too. Being a woman is hard, and Lola helps to make all the struggles we go through a little easier. From our menstrual cycle to our intimacy, you can choose from their organic cotton tampons or their all-natural feminine cleansing wipes to keep you feeling fresh. Their personal lubricant has 95% organic ingredients that perfectly mimics natural feminine moisture and maintains a healthy pH balance, which we all know, ladies, is so important. So we also love that when you purchase with Lola, you purchase with purpose as Lola donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. So for our listeners, we have a special promo code. For 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com. That's M-Y-L-O-L-A.com and enter Lola Banter when you subscribe. Again, you get 40% off all your subscriptions on mylola.com when you enter our promo code L-O-L-A-B-A-N-T-E-R when you subscribe. There's a point where it's festival day and everyone's arriving and they had shipped in all of this Avion water, like $250,000 worth of Avion water that was being held at the border. Because again, to your point about as somebody planned events, not knowing the logistics, Billy forgot about the duty tax and that if you are importing products, you have to pay a tax on them. So there was like a $78,000 tax on this water and they did not have the money for it and border patrol was holding it and billy was like we need that water so he called one of the team members and they were like andy we need you to take one for the team and andy was like (laughs) he was like okay well, well what is it he was like 
He didn't ask him. He told him. He said, I need, he said, as our resident gay on the team, we need you to go down to the customs borders office and I'm going to use um, politically correct term for this. Give fellatio to the agent so that you can get us our water. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then what blew my mind is the guy says he couldn't believe he asked him that. And then the next thing he knew, he said, I jumped in the shower. I rinsed my mouth out with mouthwash. And I went down there prepared to give a blowjob for some Evian water. And he was like, luckily, when he got down there, the guy was like, listen, (laughs) as long as you pay me afterwards, it's fine. But I mean, whoa. I mean, crazy at that point. If you didn't see the writing on the wall before, I mean, like, seriously, I'm like, a, I couldn't believe he told him that again, not as told him. B, I couldn't believe that the man was prepared to do it. Right. Like, at this point, nah, bruh, you got me messed up. If anything, this is a sign from God that this festival does not need to happen. Or I'm I mean, on the next thing smoking. <laughs> when the man is like, he took a shower, I'm thinking he's about to say, I took a shower and I got on a plane. That boy right. say. <laughs> he I washed my mouth out, prepared to go give it. Yeah. And was ready to do it. I don't think so. Not I, said Renee. And so I'm like, okay, maybe these folks flock together because if you're willing to do that, you just as crazy and dirty as Billy himself, you know, because you don't ask people to break their ethics or their morals to take one for the team. Like, that's playing dirty. And the next time somebody to tell you to take one for the team, you better listen to your gut feeling or your inner voice. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm like, define, take, define one. <laughs> um, just so I'm clear on what am I being asked to take for the team? Because mm-hmm. he was taking one for the team. All right. That I had never. I mean, my mouth literally dropped like. <gasps> <laughs> Another point that my mouth dropped was when, um, all, so the the day before the the event was supposed to happen, there was a big storm. So yes. you know they say like twice there earlier they had these FEMA tents set up, and they had <laughs> these beds and stuff inside the FEMA tents. So everything got trashed. Like the beds were soaked, the tents were ruined, but they were still trying to put this festival on. So after all of that happened, they finally had to let the kids in and come in. They didn't can they still hadn't canceled it at this point. So now they're um, these people are stuck and then finally they were like, Okay, we gotta cancel this thing. Things started happening where people were carrying mattresses on their head. They yeah. were taking uh, things of toilet tissue, just all kinds of drama going on. They were so looting. they had to get back and fly back home. And a lot of them got caught in the airport and they closed the um, Bahamian people. They closed the airport and locked them inside. What was that about? Because they couldn't control the flights. It wasn't enough flights going out. It was too many people. It was too much going on. So they locked them inside. They didn't have any access to food or water. So which brings me to my next lesson that I learned is to always bring a snack. (laughs) 
I couldn't understand. Saying. I couldn't understand why they locked them in, though. They said that they didn't have. A, they couldn't control it. They didn't have enough. There were no more flights going out. There was nowhere else for these kids to go. So the best thing that they thought to do was to lock them inside. Wow. To keep them from going crazy. Right, running in and out the airport, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they probably would have been tearing up the neighborhoods and stuff. Right. Yeah, and, and so that was the thing. This wasn't a remote island. So they were literally right next to a Sandals resort. Like you said, it was their big weekend. So there was other things going on. So you're right. They probably didn't want to risk this kind of irate group of travelers to kind of run amok on the island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so kind of to wrap it up to uh, you don't want to play dirty because there will be consequences so at the end of the day billy mcfarland is sitting in jail right now <laughs> he was sentenced to six years in prison there was a class action lawsuit filed on behalf of the attendees that was won in a court of law and it was a hundred million dollar lawsuit He has personal lawsuits against him from, you know, just individual attendees. That was a class action lawsuit. He had a fine. He will never be able to hold like a director, uh, executive position. I'm thinking like any type of publicly traded company. Um, The other guy who was on the team, Grant, he was like the chief marketing officer. He had to pay a fine. And he also can never hold a director type position with the public. You know, the FTC got them. The SEC got them. And so ultimately, when you play dirty like this, there are serious consequences. You hurt your chances of ever earning people's trust again or ever operating a business again. And you end up in the end paying way more money for the mistake than if you just would have did right in the beginning. And that sometimes we don't think what we have to offer is good enough or that we're not giving the feedback that our community needs to make our product either better or equally as competitive. Mm. I take it from a perspective of when I went to go seek my education, I went to uh, an HBCU, Historically Black College University, Jackson State University. D, I love. Shout out to you, Jackson State, because I love you. (laughs) But there are some people who feel like our universities offer an education that is less than or Mm. substandard or easier. Yeah. And where we get that mindset from, I don't know, because those are the same institutions that educated our leaders. That's right. But for mm. some reason... Say, girl, for the, ha- say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> okay. Thursday they are, Marshall, they all be, of they're the same institution that educate these leaders. And I don't know where this mentality um, came from that shows us that, oh, if we go the direction of someone outside of our race yeah. or someone or an entity that is less melanated, it'll give us better or a leg up. But that... that Mentality is prevalent within our own community. I've had to defend my degree to people who look like me more so than I've had to do that the people who don't. And it's really sad. Wow. You're right. I, I would agree. And I think educational institutions are a perfect example of that. Because one thing I recall um, in the show when Killer Mike went to go visit a Black-owned restaurant that was run by someone that was a member of the Nation of Islam... He talked about, you know, 
we don't hate the other races. We just love ourselves better. Right. And he said that, you know, Farrakhan and they were always like, the white people, they've been successful. Let's model what they do before ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think an educational institution is a great example. I went to a PWI, predominantly white, you know, a PW, predominantly white institution, sorry. And um, I think what you see is that the Texas A&M's, the SMU's, the Princeton's, it's like, okay, they've done some well. They've produced these people, this, this, this. Well, you're right. The black institutions have done the same. Mm -hmm. Not just our leaders from back in the day. Our current leaders have been educated through their people we love and respect. Felicia Rashad. You know, a lot of people, I'm sure you know way more than me, that have gone, list them out. Who? Listen, Diddy. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman. To Howard. Who? Diddy is a music mogul that went to Howard. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where he got his business savvy from. And you're right, T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman, the actor of Black Panther, went to Howard. But you're right. I mean, they modeled it in a sense, too. So why are we so quick to think that the black colleges haven't kept up with the same um, system that the white universities have to produce successful people? But But in addition to that, the reality is that people outside of the African-American community, they understand that and are now coming to the HBCUs yeah. to yeah. get educated for free because they're the minorities now. Yeah. You're right. I remember when I um, was in undergrad and I went down to Prairie View A&M, you know, we would go down there for parties and everything because it was only 45 minutes down the road. And I was seeing white people and stuff and I was like, what are they doing here? And somebody was like, white people go. Right. They were like, here for the band, here for the engineer program. The golf team, the tennis team, bowling team. They they integrating our schools. Yeah. And that's when I started to realize then I was talking to more people and like, oh, okay. Well, just like how I'm a little spot up in this white university, they do the same thing. I chose this for a specific reason. They chose it for that. And so you're right. Like, it shouldn't be looked at, well, okay, I know going to this white university, I'm the minority, but it has this best program. You you see, white people don't see it as less than. Because mm-hmm. if they did, they'd be like, oh, that's for black folks. Right. No, it's a good school with a certain program that's going to fit my needs. So are couples really happy that post a lot on social media? Are people that don't post not happy, et cetera, right? So I know you were really feeling that self-love part, right, Renee? Man, was I ever. That is like all what I'm saying is that you have to love yourself. And one of the things that I don't do is I don't post about my relationship or not not having a relationship or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I don't post about that stuff. One, because I don't have the time to, two, until it becomes a permanent relationship, I'm not going to. But what I will post about is I will post about self-love. Mm-hmm. And on Valentine's Day, that's what I posted about. I said, love is, a beautiful, love is a beautiful thing, as the saying goes. Love makes the world go round. Because it does. Yeah. But I believe in love. And I think in order to love somebody successfully, you got to start with you. Yeah. And you got to start with first having self-love. It's the most important. If you don't love yourself, how can you love anyone correctly? Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people miss is self-love and having that um, for themselves. If you're in a relationship and you're portraying this, 
And all you're talking about is that person, that person, that person, that person. What about yourself? Are you taking time for you? Yeah. One of the things I said, because like I said, I shared this post and I said, you know, it was kind of comical to me, actually, when I was scrolling through social media and I was seeing a few couples and folks that I know that are literally going through hell in their relationships or really don't have the relationship that they seem to portray. And I was just amazed at the people trying to keep up fronts, you know, and seem to be choosing on this day to kind of like pump it up even more. And I actually feel like it's an unhealthy and toxic cycle that actually only feeds into creating more inauthentic relationships built on the superficial because it becomes about showcasing this highlight reel, right? We always talk about how social media is a highlight reel. And so if you yourself haven't grasped this concept of self-love, haven't started utilizing the tools that are needed to have a healthy relationship, you see somebody's highlight reel. And sometimes so much that highlight reel that we see on social media is focused on, ooh, look what he bought me. Ooh, look at the size of my ring. Ooh, look at how he went all out with this dinner, right? Or ooh, look at how he surprised me. And so we tend to think, oh, that's love. Like, did you see how her man did that? And so it's built on superficial. And so you may start dating somebody with some unhealthy relationship patterns when it comes to uh, are they faithful, their communication, but because they wowed you with a big ring, like you were fantasizing over, you tend to think like, I'm in a good relationship. You know, like, I do think Sierra and Russell Wilson are totally in love. But yeah, does it become this point to where, are you trying to like shove this down our throat because you know everybody is like, send us the prices. Oh my God, I want a man like Russell. Um, some people are like, I'm annoyed by now, next. <laughs> Well, I, you know, that's a good question. And I think that with them, I think they are in the honeymoon phase still. Yeah. So they are very much so in love. And they are very happy and they want the world to know. So they want to shout it from the rooftops. They want to post it as much as they can. I love you, baby. I love you, too. And then everybody else in the meantime gets annoyed by it. Yeah. And they're like, uh, 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 throw up, <laughs> throw up, <laughs> because it just becomes too much. And. People get turned off from it. They get either get turned off from it because they just get tired of seeing it. They get turned off from it because they are not experiencing that same love that they see that they're having right now. Yeah. Or they get turned off of it because they're jealous um, or they just, you know, are just like, whatever, I could care less. Right. So people get turned off for many reasons, but I really think that it's truly a genuine love between them. At least I hope that it is. Mm -hmm. And I just think they're in the honeymoon phase. It's funny because when I read that comment, I was like, oh, I never thought about that. But I'm like, maybe so. Like, because he posted something the day before Valentine's, like, why you're my greatest love and this, this, and this. And I did have a moment where I was like, oh, my God, why you didn't just say that to her personally? Why you got to post it on Instagram? Y'all doing too much. And then for a minute, I thought, shit, if my man did that, I'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> right. I would be like, oh my God, you really love me because you let the world know. And so I think that's what it is with social media, you know, to, to go on the not just against its side. I do think to your point about genuineness, some people, it's just no different than when people used to old school fly the little plane in the air with I love you or send flowers to your job. Social media is another way that you can publicly express 
that you love your partner and all these great things about them. You don't have to, you know, put it on the jumbotron at the Chicago Bulls game now. You don't have to, like, come down to her job. You can create a cute little Instagram video and hashtag it and make it a public post and make it go viral, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So that aspect of it is cute. And I do think that perhaps some couples are just trying to do that. They're trying to keep that spark alive. They're trying to stay in that honeymoon phase. And they're using social media to do that. So Hell, we don't know. That might be her love language. Mm -hmm. Her love language might be for him to adore her in all aspects of life socially. And she might just be like, oh my God, that just makes me feel some type of way. And I'm so so much more in love with you now. So he like, I'm going to post it every chance I get. Well, I will say the next day they posted a picture in bed looking like, you know what just happened. So it worked. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's what I'm saying. That might be her turn on. Somebody said that man don't care what y'all think. He's strategic. <laughs> y'all can call him corny all you want, but you're right. If that's her love language and every time he do that, he know it's about to be. Fun, fun, fun. It's got to be pity drop the time. 